Hey everyone and welcome to the Communication Coach podcast where I'll be bringing you the world of hostage and crisis negotiation into everyday communication. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Communication coach, welcome to episode three. Today we're going to be talking about listening and how we listen. Now, I just want to clear something up for those of you that have been asking Is my surname really perfect? I'm afraid it is. That is my family name, Nikki Perfect. As my dad always says to my mum, that he was born perfect and she only became perfect once she married him. So, moving swiftly on from my dad's very poor jokes, let's talk about listening. I hope you've had a great week and had a chance to practice some of the things that we've been talking about already. And today we're going to talk about more about how we always come at communication from our own agenda. You know, we talk about what's important for us and how we are the centre of our own universe, quite rightly so, and that's the way it has to be, because who else can make us happy? And sometimes that interferes with our listening, interferes with our communication. And I don't know if you've ever felt that when you've been stood there talking to somebody and they kind of seem to be listening, but they're not quite listening, they're not quite engaged, sometimes you can't quite put your finger on it. Now, I have told you before, I have a 10-year-old in my life who's very astute, and when I practice my skills, but I'm not doing it fully consciously, she picks up on it. She picks up on it and she'll go, what are you doing? And I'll be like, I'm listening to you. And she'll be like, no, you're not. You're doing, "Mm mm-hmm, aha, but you're not kind of really in the conversation, you're not listening, which I always think is, if you want the truth, always ask your children, because they always tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. So I was thinking about that, and actually sometimes you find yourself, when you're practicing especially, and certainly in my very early days of negotiating, I wasn't that great, because I was still worried about me, how I was coming across, what I was looking like, it wasn't a natural a natural process for me. So I've told you before I did this very intensive two-week course, um, but that was just the beginning of my journey really. I had a lot more to learn. And as I've grown and learned over the last 10 years, and I continue to grow and learn, and I, I never want to stop learning, I think it's such an important part of our life, you see more and more how this plays out. And I listen to people's conversations. Sorry if that sounds a bit weird, but I do because I find it fascinating. And I can see when people suddenly have the disconnect. And I can see now when people are not listening. And I know when I'm talking to somebody when somebody is not listening to me. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't happen every single day. I don't spend my whole life consciously thinking about it. But there are certain times when there are conversations, really important conversations, or there are issues or challenges to be addressed that need to be challenged. And so sometimes that whole listening is the most important. Now, we are never taught how to listen. Never at school do they say, right, sit down and this is what you listen for. What you're generally told is, uh, be quiet, I'm the adult, listen, keep silent. You get rewarded for being silent. Doesn't Isn't the same as listening. Whenever anybody says to you, and think back to your childhood, and perhaps even now, if you have somebody in your life who says, listen to me, okay, as soon as they say that, that's like, whoa, hang on, you get a bit of a a pushback, a bit of a reaction to that, because that's like a command, whereas if we taught people, and this is my opinion, I get this, but 
if we taught people from a young age, children, how to listen properly to each other, taught children about emotional conversations and logical conversations, taught them to walk away when they feel a trigger coming on, I honestly believe that that would improve their relationships throughout life. Like if we just took five to 15 minutes with each other every day, took some time out of our busy schedules and just listened to each other, I also think that would make a huge difference in our lives because we all have a story. Every single one of you now will, who is listening to this or watching this will have a story. Uh, we are unique, I talk about that a lot, that we're very unique, we have the same emotions, but we're made up of different values and beliefs, systems and experiences. And that's such an important thing because when you are listening intently and properly to somebody, you're more likely to get the whole story. Now we talked about the conversation iceberg and I'll go a little bit more into that today, but what you're listening for are repetitions, emotions, just being in a space with somebody. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Sometimes there are no words to say. You know, think about a time when you've had a conversation with somebody and they're devastated. In fact, devastated probably doesn't even cut it. It's not a strong enough word. But they are going through an incredibly emotional period or a turbulent time in their life. And sometimes there are no words. And sometimes just being there with a the person will make all of the difference. So let's talk about listening. Let's talk about the conversational pyramid a little bit more in today's video. So the conversational period, pyramid is, it, it looks like that. It's a big triangle. It's like an iceberg. So picture an iceberg in your mind, picture a triangle in your mind. And right at the very top of it will be the safe conversation, will be the conversation that you know, that you'll have with people that you have just met or that you know, don't know particularly well. So it's a nice, safe conversation. And beneath that is everything else that's going on. All your emotions, all your values, all your beliefs, all your experience. And behind that tip of the iceberg conversation, all of that is generating what you're thinking about. So for example, I could walk into a room and remind somebody of a person that they don't even like. Now, I have no control over that. But because of that person's previous experience, they are already going to make a judgment about me. And because they make a judgment about me, they are going to be very wary of what they say to me. Very wary. And I'm never going to know that. So I'll be there having a polite conversation. They'll be there having a polite conversation, but guarded because of what's gone on in their past and their experience around that. It's like car salesmen, if you work in sales, you probably understand and know this better than anybody, but car salesmen in the UK have a reputation for um, trying to rip people off, trying to have people over. I don't know why, they just do. So as soon as we go into a sales place, a car showroom to look at a car, and you get approached by somebody, my immediate reaction, and perhaps this is just my experiences or my values and beliefs, but is I'm a little bit reticent, I push back and I already have an opinion. So they have to get over that opinion without even knowing about it. And I'll be listening, I'll be listening to justify my opinion, to make myself right. And I won't be hearing what else they're saying. So they might be the nicest person, most genuine person in the world, but because I've already got a preconceived idea, a preconceived experience, I'm going to judge them, so I'm going to be listening for that. I'm going to be listening to make myself right. You know how we talk about we are right, that we live into our own biases. It's called a cognitive bias. So if you believe something to be true, 
you will justify that belief and everything you hear you will you will make it fit what you believe to be true and we do that all the time so listening to make us right listening to confirm our biases listening to confirm our beliefs so be aware of that be aware that that's how you might come across you know when you talk to somebody about religion or politics they always say avoid religion and politics and i'm certainly not going to talk about them now because they're very emotionally driven conversations and the belief that goes with those two subjects is a real firmly held one and if you challenge that you will get resistance and people will only hear what they want to hear and you'll get something called combative resistance and that's another way that we listen so we listen for to make ourselves right and combative listening and combative listening again is about listening to make ourselves right but it's also about taking what you're saying and I'm gonna use it in an argument against you so I'm gonna use it to make me right but I'm gonna use it in an argument against you now we talked about religion and politics and that works all the time if you see people who have very opposing belief systems around that they will use combative listening and in everyday life you'll see this so for example I don't know but maybe again this is just me but sometimes I get very irritated irritated just by small things like if I'm tired and I'm hungry uh, hangry as we like to call it in the UK then I'll come in and if there's I don't know something not put away in the way that I would do it then I might well raise that as an issue when I walk into the house and say look God, come home and like there's a cup on the side why is this cup on the side and not in the dishwasher you know there is no dishwasher fairy like the sarcastic reply that sometimes you get back or sometimes you're using your own argument and then whoever is having that conversation with you might push back on that and say yeah well I put all the washing away last week and I did this I took the dogs out I've made dinner and you're moaning about one cup now I'm gonna make myself right and I'm gonna hear that but I'm not gonna hear it so all I hear is white noise because I'm not that interested in what they have to say because remember I am right so I'm gonna say yeah but then last week I did this and this and this and this and I'm gonna be using combative argument so everything you say to me I'm gonna take and I'm gonna turn it and I'm gonna flip it back to you as if we were like having a sword fight so yes yeah, so that's number two combative uh, then there's competitive listening competitive listening is whereby we like to be slightly better than the other person and this you can hear this in kids in the playground all the time when they talk about their parents or they talk about, about their football team or they talk about their brother there's always just like you know my well my brother's six foot my brother's slimmer my brother's stronger my dad's a farming yeah my dad's a farmer and rescued a cat there's always they always go one better it's called competitive listening now in that i would also put competitive in two competitive listening i would also put listening for the gap so that you can then add your own story so you know how this goes so you know when you're sat around having a cup of coffee and you're moaning i don't know maybe work's not going well and you're all moaning and somebody will moan about their boss and someone will say well you'll never believe what my boss did the other week and they'll be slightly better and it's almost like comparing comparisons of bad days I won't swear but it's like comparing of bad days and who's had the worst day who's had the worst week and sometimes we do that and it brings everybody down and what we're actually doing is competing in a negative way rather than a positive way 
And other times we do it in a positive way. Other times we will do it whereby we'll talk about an experience that we've had and then we want to share the experience to help the other person to grow. And that's fine, but always remember as soon as you do that, that's about you. That's not about the other person. So if somebody is talking to you and saying, well, I don't know, uh, my mum is very ill, she's, she's having a, a problem, she's going back into hospital, she's got so-and-so illness. What they probably don't want you to say is, oh, yeah, well, my, um, my grandfather had that. Uh, uh, yeah, sadly, he died. Because people are already going through their own emotions and they don't necessarily want to know yours. So the thing about competitive listening, and I often get this when I talk about this, is people say, well, I always share an experience to build rapport with people. Yeah, and that's fine, but that's about you, not about the other person. So if you want to find out more about the other person, then listen to what they're saying and use reflective language. And what I mean by reflective language is language where you echo what they say or you uh, just go, aha, you just listen, rather than giving your experience and sharing your experience. Now, if somebody says to you, have you experienced anything like that? Or they look like they're interested in having that conversation with you, then great, then carry on. But what it is, is it's learned conversation. You feel that when somebody is telling you about their experience, you share your experience and you build rapport. Well, that's not, that's actually not right. When somebody tells you their experience and then you take it onto your experience, that's all about you. It's all about you and what you want to share, not about the other person. And this happens in conversation all the time. All of the time. In fact, if you listen today, Listen today to the conversations that are happening and you will hear people share their own experience. Now, sometimes we share experiences in teaching and coaching because it's a learning experience about things that didn't go so well or things that we could improve. And again, there's no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. This is just a different way, a different way of being able to listen to people and a different way of drawing information out from people whilst keeping it onto their own agenda. And sometimes people really need that, especially when they are in crisis or having a tough day or having a tough time. So think, think about that. Think about how many times you do that. Uh, another way of listening is passive listening, where you're not really engaged in the conversation or the communication at all. And what you're doing is you're either reading a book or you're playing on the computer or you're watching TV or you're texting. Think about a time when you are having a conversation with somebody and they're texting frustrating isn't it because you know they're not listening and yet we carry on <laughs> we carry on with the conversation which always makes me laugh a little bit because we know they're not listening but we carry on with the conversation anyway because we have something to say so rather than say I'd really appreciate if you just put your phone down for a few minutes so that I could talk to you properly and feel that I've been listened to we just carry on anyway and I you know I include myself in all of this which always makes me smile and always makes me laugh because you have to be consciously aware and I've talked about that in communication before. You have to be consciously aware of what you're doing. So, yeah. So And also, you know, when you, you walk into the office to speak to your boss, perhaps, and they're typing on the computer and they say, carry on, I am listening. And I've done this myself. And th there's a little voice inside the back of my head that goes, no, you're not listening, Nick, properly. You're not listening. You need to stop what you're doing and focus and turn and look at them and think about what they're saying. So whenever you walk into someone's office and they say that to you, just you know they're not listening fully. So just, if it's important to you and you want to be listened, either say, I can, I can see you're busy, I'll come back later, or say, can I just have a few minutes of your time, this is really important to me, and see what happens. 
So that's passive listening. And it's also when we're switched out, we have the little voice inside our head that is telling us lots of different things. And, you know, what am I going to do later? What am I having for tea? Who's picking the kids up? I need to do that email. I need to be in a different meeting. All that voice that goes on and on inside our head. Or if you've got um, a challenge, a real big challenge that you're dealing with, you're going to be focused on that a lot. So you might well not be listening fully to what another person is saying to you. So you'll look like you are, you'll look at them and you'll nod politely and actually the words going in straight out. And even when we're concentrating, you know, we hardly hear all of the conversation. We only hear uh, between about 35, 40% of the conversation and the words, we hear different words. So, and then we focus in and we can hear more. But when you're doing two things at the same time, it's difficult. It's difficult to get all of those words. And then we'll make up the meaning in our own minds. Anyway, we'll fill the gaps in because that's what we do. You know, we, we speak about, I don't know, about 200 to 300 words a minute. And we can listen between 300 and 500 words a minute. So our brains are already filling the gaps in or they're already somewhere else. So rather than listening and thinking, right, what am I going to say to encourage this person to continue to talk? We're already filling it in. with, And sometimes, for those of us that have a really quick brain, we'll finish a sentence for people. Because we can't wait. We can't wait for them to finish it. So we'll talk over them and we'll finish the sentence. So we have to slow down. And that's hard because our brains are boom, 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 boom. They're all at it all the time, listening, watching, doing other things. That's why we're inherently lazy. I'll talk about habits another time. But that's why we create habits, is to free up more space to do more stuff. So that's what our brains do. So again, it's about that conscious, conscious thinking. And you've probably had it with people that you know, where you walk in, you say something, perhaps they're watching TV, you walk in, you say something, you know they haven't heard, and you have to walk in three or four times. I have to do with this Megan, because kids get very sucked into the TV, very focused on watching a programme. So if I want Megan to do something, then I have to make sure that she's either looking at me or I've got her attention or check in and just ask her to repeat what I've said. And then I know. And adults, we're just the same. We're exactly the same when we're reading or we're focused on something else. In fact, we're probably 10 times worse because we have so many other things going on in our minds as well. So that's passive. Uh, and, then, and then active listening. And active listening is where you're fully engaged in the conversation and you're checking that you understand what the meaning is. And often we don't check meanings. We're very polite, especially in the UK, for those of you that are listening in other countries. In the UK, we're very polite and we won't ask directly. I was talking to a German lady and she's done some research around the word sorry. And she has found that women, especially women in the UK, are very apologetic. We almost apologise before we say anything. Or we apologise because we want customer service. So sorry, you know, is a, is a very, very polite word. Uh, often overused, we'll talk about that another time actually, I'll make a note of that to do a, a podcast on the word sorry, but not checking the meaning because we're too polite, because we don't A, want to look embarrassed, we don't want to, we never want to make a fool of ourselves, we're fearful of that, and what we'll do is we'll often not check the meaning of something. So for example, you might have a conversation with somebody, they mean one thing, you'll hear it a different way, you won't check in with the meaning, so you'll go away, and then you'll make the meaning up in your own head. Now, I don't know if you can relate to this, I do this quite a lot, um, where I walk away from a conversation and depending on my values, experience and emotions that I'm having at that time, I will make it fit that and make up a whole story around what they've just said. And then 48 hours later, I'll go and check what they meant because it's got to a stage where I'm thinking about it all the time. And they'll go, no, that's not what I meant, this is what I meant. And I'll be like, oh, okay. 
And I really wish I had clarified that right at the very beginning because then I wouldn't have to have all these conversations in my own head and make up all the answers to them. So that is active listening. So checking that meaning, checking the emotions, watching the body language if you can. It's always more difficult to watch body language if you're on the phone or text or even Skype. It's harder than if you're with the person. So they are the main ways of listening. And I'm just going to throw in another one because it's just popped into my head is listening to ask a question. So when you're listening and you have a question that pops in, into your head what happens is we just listen uh, wait to ask our question get the answer from our question and then we switch out because we have the answer to our question because it is all about us all about you so think about those things how do you listen are you active are you passive are you combative are you competitive do you listen to give your side of the story or your experience do you listen to ask a question how often are you fully engaged are other people fully engaged with you do we spend enough time together? Lots of questions I'm asking you now. Do we spend a lot of time together? And that's a real biggie for me. And that's one of my main purposes around these videos is to get us to start interacting with people. We've moved away, we've moved massively away from human connection through social media, but we still need it. We are designed to have human connection. Five, 10, 15 minutes a day doesn't, make, doesn't take much and makes a massive difference into people's lives. So thank you for listening. Please share, please like, please subscribe, please leave a review. The more, it sounds ridiculous that I'm asking you to do that, but the, the more people that do that, the more people I can help. It's just the way that podcasts work. And then I'm looking to get some interviews and some guests onto the show as well to really make a big impact in your communication life. So thanks very much. I really appreciate your time. And have a great day, have a great week, and I will speak to you soon. Hi, it's Nikki again. Just before you go, if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do at Nikki Comms Coach, N-I-C-K-Y-C-O-M-M-S, Coach on Twitter and Facebook, or at my website, thecommunicationcoach.co.uk.